Hello, today's podcast, we are talking about the type of kickback and objections to the zone two training, the easy ride training that we have. This is a fascinating subject. And whenever we prescribe fitness training like this, I normally get some kind of a kickback and doubt in my sanity for doing it. So today, that is what we're going to talk about. My name is Paul. Welcome to the Self-Coach Cyclist podcast. This is a podcast for anyone that's taking responsibility for their own fitness, trying to educate themselves to make good, informed decisions to improve their fitness. Okay, let's get stuck in. Easy rides. Uh, Now, we've talked about this loads in the podcast about what actually is it, the metabolic turn point, the bit where you're aerobic and the polarized training model made popular by Dr. Steven Seiler. If, if you're here listening to this, it's probably because you're very aware of that polarized method. Today, I want to talk about the, the, the reasons we get the kickback, how you can overcome it, justify it in your mo- own mind, and actually justify it to other people, which is actually a fairly big thing because you're going to get asked questions like, why are you going so slowly? What are you doing? I don't see the benefit in that. That's pointless. You know, other people are going to query you as much as you'll probably be querying yourself or even your coach if you're, you know, with a coach. So um, I get it. I honestly do. I get it. And the kickback is, um, it can be quite hurtful at times, actually, as you're a coach. You're trying to do the right thing for your athlete. Uh, we even go to the absolute nth degree here. So you might come in for a VO2 test. You have the muscle oxygen sensors, you might have the lactate testing going on as well. And we can go without shadow of a doubt, this is your metabolic turn point, your, where your aerobic shifts into an anaerobic state. And without you know, a shadow of a doubt, that, that's it. And we prescribe training that is around that area. The, I'm emphasizing that around because we don't just do steady state at that. It's always going to be a little bit harder, a little bit easier, but generally around that easy, easy level. And the kickback we get, oh, it's too easy. I don't think you've really got, I don't think the test is right. I don't feel like I'm doing anything. You know, I'm not really enjoying it. I I was up for like a good challenge and this is just too easy. Um, You can get it. You know, they sort of question your expertise as a coach. They sort of question your... Um, your sanity (laughs) and the athletes that stick with it they do see results and that is the one key thing to hang on to is just keep with it keep with it and it'll show you the results because you will get faster at that same metabolic output yeah it's just it does happen it happens actually reasonably quickly so if you can push through these first month almost you start to actually see a benefit and then you can review it and then you can talk about it and then you slowly start bringing people on board. But my God, can the first month be quite hard? So, um, yeah, let's try and go through. So what is it? You know, first of all, like why, what makes it uh, hard to get your head around? And that is up until now, you probably kept yourself going off endorphins and adrenaline and the excitement and all of a sudden you you know I'm getting better and better and better I'm going to go and start to a coach because I want that improvement rate to continue and all of a sudden your coach goes brilliant turns the volume right down pulls the reins back goes way slow it right down and you're like what I was like zooming around enjoying myself sprinting up all the hills you know telling me to slow down 
what the hell. And <laughs> the the reasons are, you know, what and a coach would normally explain this to you. You are trying to get that aerobic base sorted. And what we mean by that is the ultra efficient way of creating energy because you can't do anything without energy energy as we know it in sports science is that atp molecule that thing that makes a muscle twitch you know you want that in a but in abundance <laughs> it doesn't really matter how fast you can go if you can't fuel it so this is what we're trying to do is get your body to oxidize fat and create energy because if we can use oxygen we can create 36 molecules of atp to every one molecule of glycogen super 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 efficient way of creating energy but the second you go above that you switch on a less efficient mode of creating energy your anaerobic if you like so the theory is really really sound it's really proven and that is if you can train your body to be super efficient at creating energy in the presence of oxygen then you have all this abundance of energy you know, and even the skinniest of people have got enough body fat to get them through a mega endurance ride. You know, And the other thing is, is this is the only way we can really get a good volume of training in. Because if we start doing lots of high intensity, which is the reason that someone goes to a coach in the first place is because they've been you know, on Zwift, doing some Zwift racing, maybe following the Sufferfest plan going out riding with a cycling club and they've seen an improvement by doing short fairly intense rides and they normally come to a coach because they've met a bit of a plateau and that might be why you're here as well and that plateau is like okay we need to overcome that plateau now if we keep doing what we've always done we're going to get what we've always got you know so there's no point just going well i'm going to prescribe you training to see what you've been doing so far because the kickback then is going to be well I was doing this anyway. What's the difference? Why do I need a coach? Because, you know, you're basically doing what I was doing, you know, a few intervals here, a hard ride there. And actually you've come to a coach for their knowledge and you're listening to this podcast, for that knowledge. So it makes sense that you take it on board um, and go with the program and follow this idea of nice, easy training. Now, the, the kickbacks that I want to go. So, you know the reasons why now, but I want you to give you some strategies to help explain it to other people because you're going to be out riding one day uh, and you're going to be enjoying it because it takes a little while, but you get there, you get in the zone and you'll be out doing this lovely ride, enjoying it, you know, just listen, chatting to your mates like I'm talking to you now, not having to breathe hard and enjoying yourself. And someone will come past and go, you're right, you know, why are you going so slowly? You know, what's happened? You know, have you bonked? You know, are you, are you injured? You know, and you'll get all these things and the, oh my God, the excuses <laughs> that I hear are, um, oh, I'm just taking it easy today. It's a recovery ride. Oh my God, the I, I'm taking a recovery ride. It winds me up so much. You know, you've probably heard yourself saying these things. I'm um, just out spinning the legs, checking the legs, you know, um, got a race later on in the week, just taking it easy, tapering, you know, all these things. Like it winds me up because you're patronizing yourself because you're doing, you've taken a decision and a really good decision to train your aerobic base by training in your zone two, your aerobic training. And 
you're doing that because it's the right thing to do. So why patronize yourself and make excuses by, oh, I'm just taking a recovery ride? You know, you're doing a really good quality training ride. Now, that's what you've set out to do that day. Now, you could have gone out for some junk miles. You could have gone out and done some tempo miles and put a smile on your face, you know, gone a little bit faster. But you know that that doesn't get you any fitter than you are already. You know, that's just doing. You're here. You're doing a good quality training ride. So if someone rides past you, um, giving it the, the lip, you just got to rise above it and go, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing my training. You know, <laughs> I'll see you on the finish line. So the rest of this podcast, I want to try and give you some of the, the tools that you might need to answer some of those questions, maybe in your own mind, maybe to justify it to other people who are going to be riding with you. You go, why are you going so slowly? So the, what you're essentially trying to do is um, build your, the efficiency of your mitochondria. Mitochondria are the things that produce that ATP from glycogen, from oxygen, and we build on that idea of power and speed at a lower intensity. So let's say your heart rate is 130 beats a minute at your metabolic turn point. If you train around that area, a little bit below, a little bit beyond, for a decent amount of time, you will get faster at that intensity. So you'll be putting down more power, you know, um, and therefore going faster at that 130 beats a minute. You know, so that might not be like, oh my God, I'm doing my ride faster, you know, my tempo ride faster, but at that intensity you will be. And you keep doing it, you'll keep getting faster because you can't ride tempo threshold type of pace all the time. The endurance pace is your base. That's your base speed. You know, that's like your um, easy ride. This is my speed. You know, that's it. So training here will make you faster because the amount of energy you can produce to do that you'll spin your cadence faster you'll probably push a slightly harder gear you know yeah you will get faster um the other thing i get is you know oh you know so so you're you're burning fat you're trying to burn fat because this is like the fat burning zone (laughs) you know um how many times have you been to a spinning class or something like that and going oh, this is your, your fat burning zone. You're like, no, you're not burning fat. You don't burn fat. You know, it's not a thing. You know, if you, and then you go and go, oh, well, are you trying to lose weight? Like, no, no, I'm here. I'm on a good quality training ride. What I'm doing here is oxidizing fat because with the presence of oxygen, then I can oxidize fat to create mitochondria in abundance. You know, if, if you want to lose weight, this isn't the way to do it. You know, it's it's a method, but it's a very slow, low, low method. The benefits of this in losing weight come from the calorie deficit, which I'll talk about in a second. Now, if you can make that distinction when you're chatting to someone, you know, I'm not here. I'm not in the fat burning zone. I'm not trying to lose weight. Maybe you are, but I'm oxidizing fat. And that difference in understanding probably be enough to like, spark their interest and go what tell me more you're oxidizing fat yes i'm using oxygen that's available to me to oxidize fat you know as a source of energy and a really really efficient source of energy they go okay now we're suddenly getting more interested the next question you're probably going to get from this is 
anyone that's done a little bit of research into this and go, oh, what, so you're trying to become fat adapted or are you on a keto diet? <laughs> you know, sometimes those two things can become like mutually exclusive. And um, the idea of following a keto diet, which is high protein, low carbohydrate, or you're trying to become fat adapted so that you're trying to cut some of those carbohydrates out of your diet and just concentrate on proteins and fats. Um, it's, it's, it's a different thing, to be honest. There are some athletes that have become very, very, very efficient here, but they've been following this zone two training. You know, They've been following this polarized training for a while and they're ultra efficient athletes and they can create an abundance of ATP, that energy molecule, from fat. You know, so they still need some carbohydrates. Your body will still pull a carbohydrate. They'll still make glycogen. You know, we've still got the process of glycologists and glyconeogenesis that goes on inside the body. So even if you're trying to avoid eating carbs, your body will still find a way of making glycogen. You know, I'm not going to get into that in this, this podcast, but just starving yourself off one fuel type isn't going to create this. So... The answer to that is no, I keep my diet normal, but you will control when and how you eat because one of the massive benefits of zone two training is appetite. And for anyone that's been out there and doing their zone two training, and I'm not talking fasted rides here, different thing. This is, the main benefit is that you can eat very, very normally because your energy expenditure isn't going to be so big that you feel like you need to have a massive meal afterwards or you need to carb load beforehand should feel fairly neutral so you could get up have a very normal breakfast start your ride keep up with your 30 to 40 grams of carbohydrate during that ride you know just nibbling along an energy bar or something more like a banana or something like that and when you finish your ride you probably feel remarkably normal you don't feel like you need to open the fridge and eat everything in it or put into the nearest cafe for the biggest slice of cake you can possibly find because you won't have depleted your glycogen stores that much you know because you won't have been in that anaerobic state you won't have consumed high quantities of of um of glycogen so the appetite thing is really cool then you can just come back after your ride and just have a very normal meal you don't have to just smash the calories like you would do if you're out on a hard training ride um, and that is really where the weight saving uh, weight saving weight weight loss because again a lot of people use cycling for weight loss and it's not through being in a fat burning zone it's not through doing the high intensity you you lose fat you know body mass you know by being in a calorie deficit and this type of training, this zone two easy training, really, really helps you maintain a calorie deficit because you don't get those massive spikes in glycogen where your appetite goes crazy, your insulin goes crazy. You can keep everything really, really controlled. Um, talking of insulin, actually, that's a really good point to make because when you do do some hard training, you have to be very aware of fueling things properly and there's going to be a big spike in uh, blood sugar followed by a big drop, followed by a big spike again. So you don't want to be doing that you know, too often, you know, especially having to take on lots and lots and lots of sugar to maintain those harder rides. Carbohydrates aren't bad, they just need to be used when, when you need to use them. 
So hopefully that's given you uh, some strategies there. It's, um, I think I've heard most of the kickback <laughs> when it comes to like, why am I doing this type of zone two training? Um, I don't think it'll ever stop because I think people discover uh, or riders discover zone two training when they reach a certain limit with their normal training and you know sweet spot training that you might find on trainer road although they're progressing over to the polarized model now zwift workouts Zwift racing definitely all that sweet spot it will get you so far it really will you know it will improve your fitness a lot in a very short length of time and it will feel amazing what happens after that is where we pick up this idea of polarizing your training because you can't carry on just smashing out Zwift workout after Zwift, after Zwift workout. You know, you will just get overly tired. There just becomes a point where you just cannot get on top of the fatigue that is building up. Whereas with the polarized model, you can keep going out and doing those uh, easy rides, you know, and five hours become six hours, become seven hours, you know, 15 miles an hour becomes 16 miles an hour becomes 17 miles an hour as your base speed and if you keep that little hard training going as well your peak power will be going up because when you come to doing that hard workout you'll be absolutely ready for it you'll be have energy in abundance your vo2 will be going up and you'll be fresh and ready to really really hit those um, big workouts now ideally throwing the curveball in there is in the winter to really capitalize on this you add your strength training in there as well because a stronger muscle will produce more power and at the same heart rate that stronger muscle can produce even more power and then we're starting to talk about that winning formula so there we go that is the (laughs) um kick back to the zone two i can't think of a good title for this podcast but uh hopefully giving you some of the the arguments the some of the reasons why seem to give you some of the answers to throw back at your riding buddies or not riding buddies whenever they ask you or criticize what it is you're doing it's giving you some tools a better understanding about why this is so important and why you've taken that really good decision to follow this type of training okay in the the next podcast i've got no idea what we're going to be talking about just yet because we are still in absolute peak summer actually what would be really good is uh heat uh training and riding in the heat someone asked me about that the other day i think that's an excellent subject so i think we'll be picking up the what happens on a really really hot day you almost can't carry enough water for those really really hot hot rides okay until the next time take it easy and be safe out there